Hey guys, welcome to the Fight Club Podcast. We exist to help men fight spiritual battles with spiritual weapons. Last week, we began a two-part series on fighting with integrity. And uh, last week, we kind of defined integrity and talked about what it is, what it is not, what the purpose of it is. Today's part two of this, um, and it's and I'm, I'm kind of elaborating on that a little bit. It's called fighting lies and confusion with integrity. So today's the application part. Um, we define integrity as doing what is right in every situation, whether people are around, whether you're by yourself. Uh, it doesn't matter if the situation is easy or difficult. In every situation we come into in life, we, we do our best to do what is right. Um, and we, we see in scripture that God calls men in particular to produce truth and clarity in every situation. Um, this in that that calling, it, it doesn't just require truth. Like you can't just be a truth and be a jerk. You can, I mean, you can't just produce truth and be a jerk about it. Uh, God calls us to be truthful, but to be good about communicating that truth. Uh, men, it is not okay to be bad at communicating. Bad communication causes confusion. Satan is, his agenda is confusion. He's the author of lies. He's the, um, the, the he, he is what is behind all the confusion in the world. So we need to make sure we're not playing for his team. And so we need to be good communicators. That's a whole nother lesson. Um, so it's not it's often not what you say, but how you say it, right? Uh, but again, that'll be a, a different lesson. So today I want to focus in on different ways to apply integrity in life. Man, this could just go on and on. We could do this for four weeks probably. But I'm, I tried to come up with three simple categories that could kind of cover just about everything. And the first category is keep your word in all situations. Keep your word in all situations. And I want to read Matthew 5, 33 to 37. He says, again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. So go back and read that again. This is, so this is part of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. We have been pulling pieces out of this sermon for a while now. This was the teaching on anger. This was his teaching on lust. They're all part of his Sermon on the Mount. And what is he doing? He's raising the bar for morality, he's, he's, which is integrity. He is raising the bar for integrity. Anger is equal to murder. Lust is equal to adultery. Not keeping your word is equal to lying. In lying, and this is what I say to people that I counsel, to my kids, whoever, lying nine times out of 10 makes things worse. I can only think of one or two situations in life where lying might help. And one is 
you know, the extreme situation of people would lie to the Jews to, to lie to the Nazis to rescue the Jews. So unless you're in a life or death situation like that, and even then it's not always the right thing. But guys, in our everyday situations, lying always makes things worse. And, and um, lying usually leads to more lying. Like sin begets sin. Lying produces more lying. Uh, I have known people who I kind of grew up with and, and now I see them as adults and and they, they're lying. Uh, they, they just, one lie led to another. And, and their life just, it, it just spiraled out of control to the point where they don't know, even know if they're telling a truth or a lie. And if you were to call them out on something, they would probably deny it because they don't even know. That's how natural lying has become to them. We don't want to get to that point. Um, nobody trusts them. Nobody believes them. And then they get angry about it when, when someone calls them out on their stuff because nobody trusts them anymore. And here, here's the thing. It takes time to build trust, doesn't it? Like you don't trust somebody the second you meet them. You, you, you be, you're cautious, right? Like it's, it's wise to be cautious it, before you hand somebody your trust. Trust takes time to build up, but it can be destroyed in one bad decision. One lie can destroy trust. It can put that element of doubt there. But here, Jesus provides us with such a simple formula. Like, it, it, it's so simple. And this is, is when we're truthful, life is simple. When we're dishonest, life gets real complicated real quick. And he says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Like, how hard is that? Uh, say what you mean and mean what you say. If, you're say. if you say you're going to do something, you do it. If you say you're not going to do something, then you better not do it. And, and if you make a commitment, you keep those commitments. Show up when you say you're going to show up. Learn, and, and here's the thing. Uh, it is really important for us to learn to say no so that we don't break our word later on. Um, if you have kids, it's really important for your kids to see this from you. They need to know that no means no. Because if you say no and you don't mean it and you don't follow through with that, they're not going to listen to you in the future. They're not going to take your no's seriously. And if you say yes and you don't mean yes, they're not going to trust you in the future. So dads, you got to be on the ball with this stuff. Um, if you're married, your spouse deserves nothing less from you than to be a man of your word. There should be no secrets in marriage at all, period. End of story. And your spouse should have no doubt that they can trust you to keep your word. Your wives should not have an element of doubt that you're faithful. They should not have any element of doubt that you're going to do what you say you're going to do. And we simply prove that by keeping our word. We don't need to brag about it. We don't need to talk ourselves up. We're going to address that in a minute. We just need to do it, right? Like, like let your play Prove yourself on the field. Um, friends, coworkers, neighbors, all these people are watching you. 
and they are linking your name to the name of Jesus and they associate you with Christ. And so it is so important for us to let our yes be yes and our no be no. It's so simple. The second application is be a real and genuine person in all situations. I don't know if you or any of you guys are Batman fans. I used to love Batman when I was younger. And um, I, I remember when a while back, one of the Batman movies came out and um, one of the villain was Two-Face. And Two-Face had this coin that he would flip. I mean, literally was Two-Face because of an accident. Um, one face was ugly and one face was normal. But he would flip this coin and he would decide which guy he would be. Would he be Mr. Nice Guy or would he be the crazy nut who killed people? Um, and sadly, there's too many Christian men who are acting like Two-Face. You know, we're often Mr. Nice Guy at church or, or work or with our buddies. And then when we walk in the door at home, we turn into uh, the villain. James chapter 3 verse 10 says, From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. We're going to revisit that chapter again when we talk about communication and words and stuff. But, but he says, from the same mouth come blessing and cursing. This should not be so, brothers. First um, Timothy chapter 3 says that deacons should not be double-tongued. Um, and it, that's a qualification for deacon, but really it should, should be that way for all Christians and especially Christian men. Double tongue just means that uh, uh, someone is insincere with their words. They're inconsistent with their speech. So someone who cusses like a sailor on the basketball court, and then they go to Bible study and act all holy and whatnot. Like it doesn't mean, basically that's saying you should be holy on the basketball court. Work hard, you know, be competitive, be a good sport, and you know, you can talk trash without being vulgar, right? Uh, that's just one example. But um, it just means we should be the same person. Like the words that we speak, how we speak should not change from work to, to home, to the golf course, to church, uh, whatever it may be. Uh, be the same guy wherever you go. That is so important if you're talking about the trust factor and being a man of your word and letting your yes be yes. Like it's it's all linked together. Um, you need to be the same guy. And um, part of that comes from, from growing in our faith and being comfortable in who we are. Uh, but uh, I remember asking one guy if he knew this other guy at his work. And he said, yeah, he I know him. And I said, Oh, that guy goes to my church. And his response was, that guy goes to church? Like he could not believe that this guy went to church. Obviously, there were two men <laughs> but living by the same name. The guy that I knew at church was not the same guy that this friend knew at work. They were totally two different people. Uh, guys, we can't have that. That, what, that, that. God needs better representatives than that. He needs representatives that are genuine people that are the same person in every situation. The third one 
The third application is to promote Christ in all situations. So here's the deal. Once you become a Christian, you're not, your life is no longer about you, but Jesus. And that kind of uh, troubleshoots a lot of our integrity issues. Once we make life about Christ, it, it naturally results in more integrity. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, one of my favorite verses in all of the scripture, says, I have been crucified with Christ. Crucified, that's a picture of a gruesome death. In other words, my sinful life is dead. It's buried with Christ. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So who's in charge now? It's Jesus. Who gets all the glory now? It's Jesus. So our primary agenda in every situation is to promote him, not ourselves. Um, this doesn't mean we can't have goals. That doesn't mean we can't have success, be successful. Uh, but we, it will transform the way we go about this. And, and, and it actually makes life much more sweeter uh, and just more enjoyable. Uh, but here's the thing that I tend to notice in guys. I've done a lot of counseling, marriage counseling, just one-on-one helping guys through stuff. Uh, I've been at this for a while now, and, and I've noticed a tendency that guys like to put their best foot forward, right? And we also like to exaggerate about how great that foot looks. <laughs> and, uh, you know, for example, um, the fish get bigger than they really are in our fish stories. Our cars get faster than they really are in our stories. Uh, just some silly examples there, but... The thing is, is, is we like to exaggerate our, our strengths and we like to downplay our problems and our weaknesses. Um, and so, you, you know, in counseling or just helping a brother out um, or even me with my wife, like she's pointed this out to me, our, our, our famous line is, oh, I'm fine. It's OK. Right. Or, oh, it's not that bad. This this issue that I'm dealing with, it's really not that bad says uh, the alcoholic or the porn addict or the guy who's uh, overspending, right? Like that's, that's how we handle issues. And then we, and then we point the finger. Well, at least I'm not like that guy over there. At least I'm not, I'm, I'm not as bad as that guy down the street. You know, you should be happy to be married to me because at least I'm not as bad as these other guys out there. Like this is what we do. We deflect and we, we try to disguise our problems. Um, and so that can get to the point where we're, we're being dishonest about things. We're, 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 we're presenting a false reality of who we are. Um, and we kind of trick ourselves and we fool ourselves into thinking everything's okay when really it's not. And so here's just... You know, first of all, we need to stop caring about the opinions of others. You need to just stop caring, you know, stop caring about impressing people. Because here's the thing. One day someone's going to be impressed with you. The next day they're not. Like people are fickle. Women in particular are fickle. <laughs> uh, and so like if, if you want to impress your wife, be steady. Be the same guy all the time. Like... 
be truthful, be honest, you know. And and here's here's the bottom line with all of that is that we need to seek to promote Christ in all situations. He is a lot greater than you are. There's a little bit of a reality check. We need to recognize every day we wake up, Christ is greater than me. Therefore, I should promote him, not myself. And if we're focused on promoting Jesus, um, we don't care so much anymore about putting our best foot forward or impressing this person or keeping up, uh, you know, appearances. And so um, Chip Ingram calls it uh, image management. Okay, that that doesn't matter anymore. Just throw that out the window because you're no longer managing your image. You're promoting Christ and that itself produces integrity. So these three applications, keep your word in all situations, be a real and genuine person in all situations and promote Christ in all situations. Uh, Thank you for listening. If you got any questions, let me know, text me, email me, whatever. um, And I will talk with you next week. Thanks a lot.